Those are fun. They're going to be different every week. Heads up. So you've got to uh, pay attention to see what the messages are. Um, we are in the middle of sticks and stones, which comes from that, that famous adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but... Which is wrong, of course. Um, words matter. They have power, don't they? They can build up and they can create and they can uplift and encourage or they can tear down and destroy and, and hurt. And they can ultimately shape our beliefs and our identity and they affect our actions and, and they have the power to direct entire lives, which is why I think that this series is so important and so cool because whether we are speaking the words or whether we are taking them in, we must endeavor as Christ followers to be word conscious and to make sure that those that word consciousness comes from the frame of God, right? And his word. And you think about all of the places and spaces that words speak into your life, whether it's TV or it's radio or it's the music that you listen to or it's the people that you talk to, your family, your friends, your coworkers. When you lie awake at night at the end of the day, which words are stuck in your head? And are any of them God's words? And that is where we find ourselves this morning. We enter week two of this series, and like Ray mentioned, we are going to talk about words of thankfulness and appreciation. If you were with us last week, Luis mentioned that um, in addition to all the things that words do, there are some of those words that have the ability to just be captured and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I think that that's where words of thanks fall. They have the ability um, to do amazing things. And I want to begin with a verse from Proverbs this morning. It's 1624. And it says, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Now, if you are utilizing that family resource that I mentioned in the video earlier, this is one of the Bible verses that's listed on that card. And I think it's a phenomenal memory verse, whether you are a, a, a young child or you are a grown adult. Because if you've ever been on the receiving end of a gracious word, you know how very true the power of thankfulness is. I remember a period of time when work was just hard, and it was clearly pre-Luis, um, but it was just difficult, and, um, it, it, and there were just lots of challenges, and, and it, every day kind of felt like, okay, come on, we can get up, and we can do this, and we can do this. And I remember somebody just saying, thank you, one day. And I mean, talk about like honey, right? Sweetness to the soul and to the body. It's right up there with someone apologizing, which we are gonna get to in another week. Um, but these are words with power, our words of thankfulness. But this proverb is not just about receiving thanks. It is not just about how good it feels when somebody shows us appreciation for something. This proverb is also an instruction on what giving thanks to others does for us. Because the benefits of all this sweetness of, of soul and health of body goes both ways for us. And I want to talk about that benefit today as we become more word conscious in our thanksgiving 
So to do that, we're gonna go to the Gospel of Luke. And if you are following along in your Bibles, we'll be at chapter 17, verses 11 through 19 today. And we're gonna read the story of Jesus who encounters 10 lepers. Now, Jesus, at this point in the narrative of his life, is traveling from Galilee to Jerusalem. This is going to be his last journey to Jerusalem before he is arrested and tried and ultimately crucified. And he is somewhere between Galilee and Samaria when he encounters this group of men that are all afflicted with leprosy. So they've sort of been quarantined and colonized together out and away from the rest of society. And as Jesus approaches, they call out to him, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. So Jesus approaches them and he instructs them to go see the priests in the village. And as they are due, and as they do, they are made clean by Christ's power. So all 10 men head off and they remain clean, but the Bible tells us next that one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned around and came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Amen. So Jesus does this amazing thing for these 10 men but only one of them comes back to thank him. And he makes, Jesus makes note of this. He says, were not 10 men made clean, but the other nine, where are they? And then he says to this one who returned, get up and go on your way, for your faith has made you well. Now think about that proverb that we shared just a minute ago. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. See, here's what happened here. Jesus physically healed 10 men. He took away their disease. He made them clean. He made them fit to live and to work and to be part of the larger society again. This is not a small thing. This was a life change for these 10 men. But one man, we read, was made well. Or in other translations, it reads, your faith has made you whole. And I think about that proverb, I think that this man was healed physically, but in being made well and whole, he has been healed spiritually as well. Soul and body. Now, I don't think that this proverb, or that this passage was written to shame the other nine men. Though I do, uh, I think that we can be assured that as much as God hears our thanksgiving, he also notices when we have neglected that practice. But I think that this story is intended for us to understand on a deeper level what thankfulness means as a follower of Christ. See, the, the nine men, well, all 10 of them, but the other nine, they all did what they were told. Nobody doubted Christ. Nobody, nobody didn't believe that they could be healed by his power. At this point in Jesus' ministry, they had likely heard of him and knew who he was and had heard about all of his other acts and miracles and healings. They did not doubt his abilities. But while the other nine men were probably super thankful and super happy to be clean and to go back to their lives and be cleansed and healed, this one man acknowledged not just that he was healed, but who the source of that healing was. 
And he did that by turning around and coming back to say thank you. It was not just that he believed what Jesus could do. He had faith. The other nine had faith. But it was his thankfulness that made him whole. So how does that work? Because those words are not necessarily magic words. And if you've ever forced your children to say thank you for something, right? Zachary, your brother helped you clean the room. Please say thank you. Thank you. Right? You know that these are not necessarily magic words. They don't possess any immediate supernatural powers that instantly transform you. But I think that thankfulness works when we understand it from God's word, from the perspective of of, a Christ follower. Remember that in this series, part of being word conscious is, is challenging ourselves to reframe our thoughts and our words to seeing God's will for us in those words. And the fact is that like this proverb, there are a lot of helpful sayings about being thankful, right? Walk into any Hallmark store at any time of the year, especially the month of November, right? I have a beautiful pumpkin that says thankful on it. I don't know why the pumpkin makes me thankful, but that's where I picked it up. Um, One time I received a scented candle as a gift, and the scent was grateful. Did you know that grateful has a smell? Apparently, it is cucumber and sea petals. I do not know what a sea petal is, but it smells like gratefulness, apparently. Um, my point is that there are all sorts of tokens and reminders about being thankful, but anybody can walk into a Hallmark store and put a sign out on their credenza. My guess is that because you've chosen to gather in this way today, you are up for something a little deeper. And so I'm gonna challenge you, uh, maybe not. George is like, mm, no, I just wanted a kolache and then I'm gonna head home. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna challenge you and all of us <laughs> to look a little bit deeper into this idea of thankfulness. And I'm just gonna, we're gonna have a little word study, a little linguistics here, which I think is fa- fascinating. I promise it'll be a blessing. But um, the words thankful and thanks and gratitude are used all throughout Scripture, in the Old and in the New Testament. And like many, many words that we encounter in the Bible, understanding where that word came from and why it's used the way that it is reveals a ton to us about God's word and about God's Scripture. So if you think back to the earliest days of God's people and the word recorded for us here, people didn't learn to to read and to write and even to speak and communicate the way that we do now. So words were used very intentionally and they were made up of, of different images and sounds and pieces that came together to convey a whole meaning or a whole concept. So when we look at the Hebrew origin of the word thanks or thankfulness, it is built from these symbols. That first one is the symbol for hand or actions. Then the next one is the symbol for doorway or entrance. And then the last one is for behold or reveal. So when those symbols were combined, you had this concept of the hand, the door, behold. 
So picture that for a second in your mind, a hand on a door, and then something beheld or revealed in that. And hold on to that image as I read to you John 10, 9 through 10. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The hand, the door, behold. What is the hand at work and at action? It's salvation. Who or what is the door? It is Jesus Christ. What do we behold? What is revealed to us? Life and life to the fullest. So think about that word, thanksgiving. In this context, what all that means is that when people spoke of thankfulness, in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, and later in Greek, in the New Testament, they were not just speaking about a feeling of thankfulness, something good inside, like this happened to me and I feel really good about it. They were speaking about revelation. They were speaking about something that they had beheld as a gift from God, and they were acknowledging that. To acknowledge that God's hand is making a way for something that we then behold. I think that's fascinating. Fascinating. As a Christian, we recognize that Jesus Christ is the hand of salvation and the way in which we are all given access to that relationship with him. And, and as we come to see that, we see that he has so much more in store for his followers. We begin to behold that God who is the root of all life and the source of life eternal is not done there in moving and acting and doing God among us. That's why we can read that verse about giving thanks in all circumstances, and it makes sense because in all circumstances, God continues to move and to act and to do good. And when our hearts and our, are ready and the spirit is ready to reveal, we get to behold that goodness. In thankfulness, we are led to see God. He is revealed to us and in us. And we are not just led to believe God's goodness. We are led to see it. Amen. Here's another cool word fact for you today. The word for a Hebrew person comes from the very same root of the word thanks. So what that means is that in a time when people could not read or write, before language as we know it today was used, when things were named very intentionally to convey meaning and purpose, when words mattered on a very specific level, God's people began with an identity of thanks. An identity of recognizing God's hand in the world, the hand, the door, the beholding revelation. That means that our identity as God's children, when we come to his word and when we think on it and ponder on it and study on it, as followers of Christ, is rooted in thankfulness. 
and rooted in the power of, of the Spirit, not to just follow in faith, but to see what that faith can do as we follow God. And that's why our words of thankfulness are so important. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Because God isn't just saying, I want to make something better for you. He is saying, I want to make you whole. And you and I have a part of that when we speak thanksgiving. Last week, we visited a passage from Luke 6.45 about our mouths speaking from the abundance of our hearts. And the passage is that the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. A grateful heart knows not only what gratitude is, but that in speaking it, our lives become this gratitude our lives reflect God's goodness in the world. Christ is revealed to us and we are knitted to him in this most amazing bond. I love how one Bible commentator puts it. He says, nothing is so sweet to a loving heart as to pour itself out in thanksgiving to him. So how does this play out in our lives? Well, I believe first we have to seek. Seek what God has put into our hearts. That means we seek Jesus. That means we immerse ourselves in God's word so that the root of this thankfulness becomes a part of our lives. I am suggesting, like those concepts of the hand and the door and beholding, those, those things that make up the word itself, that thank you for us goes beyond just being words that we say because we think we need to say them when someone does something good. But they become a reflection of who we are, of Christ in us. Resurrect. Resurrection and redemption and salvation, the hand, the door, behold. These are not just Easter words, right? We get to visit that all year long. That's an everyday truth for us. Thanksgiving is not just a November term. It is an everyday, all year term, an everyday truth. It is an identity truth for which we were created, for which an entire nation of people intentionally named themselves. We have to get into the word of God so that the word of God gets into us, Amen. into our children, into our friends and our family and our relationships and into our community. So first we seek and second we speak. We speak this thankfulness. We give thanks to God, and then we give thanks to others. Because what are the two greatest commandments? To love God and to love your neighbor, right? In a spiritual sense, all of us came in here today as lepers. We have all been disfigured and alienated by sin. But Christ comes and takes all of that on. So that every time we speak gratitude to him and to others, we allow that goodness to heal us, to make us whole. Amen. Now, I know that this is not always easy. 
I know, to, I know that, that there are more days than not sometimes when we feel like we are lacking. But I want you to notice that there are no commands in Scripture to complain. Like, not one. There is no 11th commandment. Uh, if you've that picture in your head of Moses, is, you know, he's like, it's the far side cartoon and he's accidentally dropped the second tablet, right? This was not on the second tablet. Thou shalt make a list of all of your gripes and vent frequently. It's not even in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek and the humble and those that make a list of all that's going wrong and complain. No. There are no commands for complaining because that part comes easy. We do not have to be told. But there are warnings against it. And Romans 1.21 says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Futile thinking. Has anybody ever been in the middle of that kind of phase in life? I know I have. When you just feel like you are in the dark and the depth and something has got to pull you back out. Ten men recognized Jesus, but only one of them gave thanks. I think you and I have all found ourselves in the place of those nine other men before. But friends, giving thanks is not a matter of knowing who God is. It is a matter of putting our words where our heart is. Words have meaning, and God's words are meant for life. And when we speak gratitude, and when we live gratitude, it not only affirms that life for us in Christ, but it multiplies it, and it glorifies God in it, and it changes us. And I think that's the best part is that there is a proven psychology to this, that when we start with our thoughts, the things that become our words, anybody that has ever watched their kids walk by and like repeat something and you're like, oh, what did I do? It's little me walking around, right? You know that to be true, that we hear things and we think things. And it's only a matter of time before those thoughts become our words, and then our words, when we repeat them often enough, signal our brains to act accordingly. So our thoughts become our words, and then our words become our actions. And then our actions eventually turn into habits. And our habits build our character, and our character forms our entire life. I believe that when we begin to recognize the good in our lives when we set our hearts open to behold what the hand is showing us through the doorway, and then we begin to speak on that, that even in the smallest ways, God begins to change us. The Spirit is given a little bit of room to work inside of us. And we begin to behold and, and see God's hand work in a little bit different way that maybe we hadn't noticed before. And suddenly the spirit is given a little more room. And then maybe we begin to see more and more. And the spirit is given more and more and more room. And what happens is that we begin to see the good in even bigger ways. In areas of our lives that we had never considered before. 
That's why Paul writes in Philippians, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about these things. He wasn't trying to make a society of Hallmark store optimists. What he was doing was trying to create a society of people whose thoughts turned into words that turned into actions that turned into habits and character and a life that revealed and reflected the God who is noble, who is righteous, pure, lovely, admirable, excellence, and who is now and always will be praiseworthy. The more we speak about what God puts on our hearts, the more his goodness becomes our reality, revealed every day in every way in the here and now. God is glorified and his thanksgiving is multiplied. I want to do something right here where you are now. Pull out your phone or pull out a, a notepad or something and make a note. But I want you to think of somebody that needs, that, that you need to thank. This isn't about what somebody else has done for you. This is about something that you feel God is putting on your heart. These are words you need to speak for his purposes. And you can text them right now or you can make a note to do it when you get home. And then I want you to do this again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And then what I want to know is by the end of this week, not just that you feel good because you thanked people. I want to know what God reveals to you by the end of this week because of your willingness to speak thanksgiving into the world. You know, I think about this Memorial Day weekend and I think thankfulness is right at the top of my heart. Those that we remember and that we honor, who live life to the fullest degree of this concept, not just believing in the freedoms and the justice that they fought for, but dying for those things. And I believe that no less is required from us in the way that we live our lives and treat one another and come together as a community. I love what John F. Kennedy wrote, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter the words, but to live by them. You know, during the 16th century, there were all sorts of reforms going on in the church. And Martin Luther, as many of you know, took issue with a lot of the practices of the Roman Catholic Church, and that eventually led to the formation of the Protestant Church. And at one point during all of this turmoil, somebody asked Luther to describe what he thought the true nature of worship was. Do you know what he said? The tenth leper turning back. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And then he said to him, get up and go on your way for your faith has made you whole. Do you know what happens right after this story in the gospel of Luke? Jesus is questioned by Pharisees about the kingdom of God and Jesus answers him, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, 
here it is or there it is, for in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. Our faith has made us whole. We have got to turn around and give thanks for it. This is what salvation is all about. But salvation is not something that just happens when we die. The kingdom of God is among us now. It is in Christ Jesus, and it is lived out in each, every single one of us by the power of the Holy Spirit. The abundant life that Christ begins here and now, revealing to us and to those around us the hand of God in this world. Thankfulness, friends, is not just lip service. It is not just a feeling. It is not looking on the bright side. It is not the scent of cucumber and whatever sea petals are. Thankfulness is the kingdom of God, friends. It is among us, and we were created for it. Let us seek it. Let us speak it. And let it change each and every one of us. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we continue to worship in full gratitude for who you are and what you have done and that from the abundance of your love and life has been born an entire nation and an entire kingdom for your purpose. Lord, let our hearts seek that. I pray over this space. I pray over everyone gathered here today and joining us in every way, shape, and form, Lord, that you would clear out all of the cobwebs, all of the distractions that keep us from beholding what your hand has revealed, what way you have made for us. And God, as you clear that out, I pray for the boldness for the courage to speak your goodness. Not just in this place and in this moment and on this morning, but on every situation that we encounter as we go from this place, Lord. Because we know good days or bad days, there is always something to be thankful for because you are with us. Lord, let that truth settle deep in our hearts. Travel up to our minds come out in our words that our lives may be changed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Friends, will you stand and let us sing and praise God together?